Hi there, your host Janika here. Welcome to the Just You podcast. If you've arrived here, there's absolutely no coincidence. It means you're ready to take control of your life story and make the narrative yours. Let's get into it. Hi, storytellers. Buckle up for this great chat with an incredible woman, mother, and storyteller. It's Lee Campbell, and she was the former beauty director at Cosmopolitan Magazine. She's been the head of lifestyle at Huffington Post Australia, and she's currently an executive editor at Mamma Mia and engages in multiple mediums of storytelling. She hosts the wildly successful You Beauty podcast, as well as This Glorious Mess, which is a parenting show, which I pretty much tuned into weekly since having my own kids. I just adore it. She's fantastic on it, along with Tegan. Not to mention her content creation and social media cult following is growing and thriving and changing. She truly is, you know, an expert at sharing stories and connecting as a storyteller with an audience. And I have this memory that I shared with Lee off camera about meeting her before I met her. And I was pitching for Netflix when it launched in Australia in 2014. And I remembered her being one of the most gracious, engaging journalists that I had ever come across. Like there was something really special about the way that she was engaging in stories and telling stories. And I've followed her journey ever since then because I've always felt like our paths would one day cross again. And I'm absolutely honored to bring you this chat. Today, we touch on storytelling as a woman, as a parent, building villages and building intimacy. She takes us through how her journey and career through storytelling has shifted with the changing landscapes and how she's learned to use her own voice to create a connection with a community who really needed her story. And they still need her story. She's constantly connecting with people who resonate with her authentic and vulnerable sharing. And that just goes to show how impactful the response can be to the real stuff, like the real life stuff. Lee is a breath of real, you get what you see, I know who I am, fresh air, and I know you'll enjoy our chat as much as I did. Hello, and I'm connecting with you, Lee Campbell. How are you today? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today, and I have a million and one questions, so I'm going to dive in in just a second. And I think to kick us off, maybe I'll just start by asking you, what does storytelling mean to you and why is it so important? I just love this question. When you told me you'd be asking me that, I thought, what does it mean to me? And I think it means different things. I think as part of my career, it's definitely part of what I do, you know, written stories, podcasts. But I think as a woman, I think women are natural storytellers. I think that you know, the best advice, the best recommendations, everything has come from just talking to women. I think women naturally do that. Whereas my husband, he'll come home and he'll, I'll say, how was your day? And he'll be like, good. And then I'll find out that <laughs> the most incredible story happened to him that day, but they just don't share in the same way women do. So I think to me, storytelling is part of being a, a woman and it's pretty much, you know, part, you know, such a big part of life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such a unique, awesome answer to that question. We haven't had a direction like that before. Thank you so much. You are right. It definitely is something that women are just like naturally gifted at storytelling because that's how we connect a lot of the time. There's that quote and I can't remember who it's from. I think it was from um, one of the Lord Estee Lauder founders. And they said, if you want to get something out there, telephone, telegram, or tell a woman. 
because women are just storytellers. Yes, I love that. Totally. Yeah. And actually, speaking of Estee Lauder, I obviously know a lot about you, but maybe for the Just You listeners listening at home, I'll maybe just open the floor to you to just discuss kind of what you do for a living and and at the moment, because you've had such an incredible journey through storytelling and working in industries that share stories for a long time. But maybe just, yeah, dive in and let us know who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. So I'm a, I guess I'm, well, I'm a journalist, not really. I don't cover like hard hitting news, but I'm in media and I have been for 20 years. I started off in magazines and then I um, jumped over to digital at Huffington Post. And now I'm an executive editor at Mamma Mia part time. I'm also a content creator, among other things. Uh, Content is quite varied, actually. My expertise is in beauty. But since becoming a parent, Mamma Mia um, encouraged me to do a parenting podcast, which I also do, which I'm absolutely loving because the storytelling there is so helpful to other mothers, particularly I'm a mother of one. And so it's sort of helped me build a village and we tell other women's stories, women come on our podcast and tell stories. And then from a beauty perspective, Yeah, I mean, that's just chatting about beauty products and who doesn't want to do that? That's a lot of fun, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And actually, so um, your parenting podcast that you co-host with Tegan, I don't want to get her last name wrong. Natoli. Natoli, she's brilliant. um, I'll be honest, so I lived in Canada and I was the first one out of our friend group to have a child. Mm -hmm. So I was away from home. I didn't have like my, you know, usual group of girlfriends that were having children. And then our friends there didn't have any children. And so you and Tegan were like my sub-in friends. Like, Honestly, I I must say that's such a joy to hear. And we hear that quite often with podcasts because, uh, look, I was late to podcasts. I remember when I got my job at Mamma Mia and they said, do you listen to the podcast? And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course I do. Oh, gosh. (laughs) And now since hosting some and listening to the ones I do, it is such a beautiful sort of captive private way to consume stories to listen to other women's stories or whatever the story may be and so I think in the I love reading books and I love reading and writing but in the in the way that a podcast can tell a story just feels so intimate and it's just so nice to hear that yeah we're the friends in your ears and you may not have ever met the person's podcast you're listening to but it feels like you know them yeah it's like a really intimate way to get to know like you had a range of different guests on there and then you'd have insights from different researchers and then just your own experiences. Both of you would kind of bounce off on that. And it was so cool because it was educational for me. And I'm like, oh yeah, I do need to learn that. And I think your son actually was a couple months, six months or so older than my daughter was who I had first. And so it was like, okay, like note that down in my brain for that's going to be coming up. And yeah, yeah, I'm so glad to hear that. That's the aim. So we're doing something right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And since then, so obviously it's grown and then you've got your other podcast, which is through Mamma Mia as well. Maybe just talk us through what your journey into Mamma Mia as the executive editor was like and how these roles came about. Good question. So, I mean, I was in print magazines for about 12 years and I absolutely loved print, but looking back now, there was only so much space. It was so limited. You know, magazines were very visual. You had a few paragraphs to convey whatever it was you were trying to convey. And then I didn't want to leave Cosmo. I loved Cosmo. I had the best job in the world, but I could just see that things were going digital. You know, friends weren't buying magazines anymore. Um, And so I jumped ship to digital over at Huffington Post. And that was great because you had 
you know, 800, 1,000 words to tell a story there on a written article. However, you, the volume, the volume of digital, you were kind of churning things out, not yeah. to say the quality wasn't there, but it was just a lot, you know, a lot of content. And then it wasn't until Mamma Mia approached me for a job and I wasn't supposed to do any podcasting at all. Um, I went over and then we were just sort of, I was doing my job, but women were coming to my desk or stopping me in the kitchen and asking me about beauty products and tips and tricks. And that was when Mia, the founder of Mamma Mia, said, we should do a beauty podcast. And I thought she was nuts because beauty is so visual. And I was like, oh, people want to see the products. And she's like, no, Lee, think about it. Girls are just stopping you in the office and chatting. That's what yeah. people want to listen to. Yep. And so You Beauty launched about four years ago and it was just so popular. It was twice a week that it just, we couldn't, you know, meet the demand. So now it's a weekly, uh, sorry, a daily beauty podcast. I never thought that there would be room for a daily beauty podcast, but the, the people just absolutely love they just love it because, like you said, it's just friends in your ears. You might not need a product recommendation, but you just want to hear like-minded women chatting. And that's how You Beauty started. And then it was – I went on mat leave when I was pregnant with my son. And then I had my son and Mia said, how do you feel about doing a parenting podcast? And he was about three <laughs> weeks old. And oh, said, my. <laughs> and I said, look, give me till three months and then I'll come in. And that's when we started doing this glorious mess. It was called this glorious mess, little kids back then, just because Tegan and I had uh, so many little ones between us. And again, it just has been such a beautiful space to chat, particularly in parenting, because it is a lot of venting and it's the village you build and just, you know, that me too moment of other mums going, oh, I do that too. I give my kid toast. I don't know what to do with this. And yeah, it's the just honesty. Been- yeah, the honesty, the just the, yeah. you know, I feel like a lot of social media, particularly Instagram, can be very preachy or perfect. And I think the podcasting space is kind of behind the scenes where you're like, actually, no, you saw that lovely photo at the playground, but there was 5,000 <laughs> meltdowns and I, I, I cried and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's been really great. And it's really nice to have a bit of both. You know, the beauty is very sort of frivolous and fun. And then the parenting is definitely the life stage I'm in. So I think yeah. that... um it's great to be able to share those two sort of parts of my life. Definitely. Yeah. And connect with people with what you're currently going through and what you're interested in. And then those people who are doing that and interested in that find you just organically. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's really good. I, I get to call it work and I get paid for it. So that's pretty cool. I know that's pretty awesome. That's a good dream. <laughs> yes. So did you always know that you wanted to be in this line of work? Not really. Actually, no, I studied interiors. I always really liked writing. Um, And then I kind of fell into magazines, not so much the writing side, but my editor got me to do some writing. And then she said, you've got a, you know, a really good natural tone. And I was like, oh no, I I can't do that. Cause I thought you had to go and study and, you know, make everything official. But I just honed my writing and my storytelling through writing and through reading. I think it's really important to read if you want to be a writer. Yeah. Um, And then when I was having a lot of fertility issues, I started my blog, which again was written storytelling and it was just literally my heart on a page about struggling to fall pregnant and all the IVF and all that sort of stuff. And I really wrote that for myself. I never knew I would publish it. And then I did actually, Mia encouraged me to publish it. And the response from that storytelling was just so overwhelming and so life altering for me because I felt so prior to that, I felt so alone, even though we know women going through infertility, you know, are everywhere, but it's so isolating. So Writing my blog about my infertility was so cathartic for me, but so helpful for many other women as well. Definitely. And yeah. And I think written, I, I love a balance of written storytelling and obviously verbal audio storytelling. I think that there's a time and a place for both. I don't think I could have 
spoke in my blog. It was too emotional and too raw. So sometimes it's nice to have that written word where you feel like you put it out there and run away. Yeah. And I definitely have read that. Um, it was a beautiful piece oh, and it had you. visuals with it as well, right? Like you, you had the water in different yes. scenes of it. Yes. And- I called it treading water because I felt like after the years and years of infertility, I was literally just treading water and, and I, yeah, I just used visuals of basically oceans. Um, yeah. That really yeah. captured me. I know like the story obviously has its huge content and it's something that a lot of women go through and we all sort of touch on that in some capacity in our life through our own experiences or our friends or people that we meet and end up caring about. But I remember seeing the visuals c- combined with your words and how beautiful and raw and honest they were and it blew me away. I Honestly, it was beautiful. Oh, thank you. That's so kind. Yeah, I wrote it. I mean, my son's three and a half now, so I wrote it over four years ago. But each week on Instagram, I get a, a lovely lady that's found it and maybe oh. she's going through the same thing or a friend sent it. And, and it's really nice that it's still touching lots of people. Yeah. How special is that? It's like ongoing yes. storytelling. Exactly. It's, it's very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And actually speaking of that, because I know that you were really open and honest on your Instagram page and through your social media about, you know, your journey with fertility and also some other really like, I want to say complex topics like grief. And I know, mm-hmm. you know, you, you lost your pa recently. It well, feels like recently, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, I just wanted to ask you the question, what's it like sharing, you know, putting your heart on a platter and being honest with people? And do you, you know, go up and down with whether or not you're ready to expose that part of yourself and then what the feeling is like when you do? Yeah, look, it's really tricky. I mean, I think on Instagram, I'm a 40-year-old woman. I know how it works. But even me scrolling Instagram, I can feel down about my body or my life or whatever it may be because everything looks so fabulous. Everyone looks so fabulous. And particularly my life does. I go to big beauty events and get to go to amazing things and get free products. And so I didn't want to just portray that part of my life because it's it exists and it's fantastic, but it's only a small part of my life. And really in the background, I was struggling to fall pregnant and I was doing IVF. And then my father was diagnosed with brain cancer when I was pregnant and passed away before my son was one. And I just thought, I'm doing everyone a disservice if I only show this fabulous stuff and not, you know, not the real stuff that actually matters. And I never questioned question posting about it, um, and the response the response to that real stuff is always so much more overwhelming and so much more beautiful and heartfelt and connecting to strangers because that's life, you know. A free mascara, a free dinner, it's lovely, it looks good, um, but that's not life. And so I think it was important to show both, um, yeah. and I've made such wonderful connections with women I might never meet through them having sick parents, them going through IVF. And it's those sort of DMs that kept me going sometimes and and I know vice versa with them. So I've never regretted sharing that sort of stuff. I think it's really important and the more people that kind of tell their stories, you know, warts and all, it's just better for everyone. Yeah, definitely. And even I'm sitting here thinking about parasocial relationships I've had with different people I've found through social media or have seen their storytelling in whatever medium it's been in it's been like this connection that you form with someone because you see a bit of yourself in them or you see a little bit of your journey in them and you know it's important to be honest about that so you connect with the right people I suppose I agree and that we're just all so busy that it's so easy to stay in your little bubble and you walk down the street and you don't meet anyone new but if you've curated your social media well and you've got beautiful people that follow you and you follow accounts that nourish you, I think that it really is the new connection and it's it's 
a really special place. It can, you know, social media for me and Instagram is a double-edged sword. Um, but when it's Yeah, there are good, some assholes out there. <laughs> there are. There, yeah, there really totally. is. There really, yeah. really is. But when it's good, it's just so good. And I just remember, you know, having a newborn and feeling lonely and it's so speeds in the middle of the night and then you know you might post a story and another mum would be like hey I'm up too and you're like oh good it's not just me the only one you know awake in the whole world so yeah it's just been a great way to connect with women and their stories yeah definitely and you know what my mind went to when we talked about internet assholes and (laughs) and people on the internet that are not so kind and not so giving I was wondering if you'd have any advice for people who you know are maybe communicating and building community through social media how to navigate the you know difficulty that comes with when you open up to a group of people you don't know and how to set boundaries so that you're not too exposed or maybe leaning in too hard to what people are thinking and saying about you that don't know you yeah sure I mean it's tricky I I had it been a decade ago I think it would really affect me but I'm older and wiser now and I think it's always good to remind yourself that it's about them it's not about you they might judge your parenting but that's because they feel inadequate people that are happy and living their lives and got their own stories going on I don't think they have time to really be negative about someone through a phone and so for me I just think oh that's sad for you you know what's happened in your life or what's not happening in your life why are you unfulfilled why are you so negative so I mean the block button's fabulous I just block and delete I have absolutely no time for that you know it's my virtual living room I wouldn't let someone into my actual living room to abuse me so I just you know love that virtual living room block and delete but I just think I'm just sad for them really I just it's it's no reflection on me no, no. And you're able to put that boundary up and say, okay, you can leave through the door now. This is my Correct. living room. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. And, you know, if someone's listening and maybe they're wanting to start being more honest through their social media or, or however they like to express themselves, maybe it's their art or their poetry, or maybe they're going to start a podcast, whatever it might be. Do you have any advice for how to get started and just like where to start? Because that's a question that I get a lot is where do you even start when you know you have a story you want to share and you know you have something to say, but you don't really know where to start? Yeah, I get that a lot too. And to be honest, I think it's important to first identify why you're telling your story. For me, it was always the, 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 I guess it was like therapy for me. It was cathartic. I thought that, you know, it wasn't that I wanted to be a crusader and help all these other women. It was truly just sort of getting it off and out of me. And I think a lot of writers can relate to that. You know, even if I'm having a fight with my husband, I prefer to email because I'm a writer. (laughs) Getting it out is how I process things. So I think if you're creating the content primarily for yourself, um, because it brings you joy or it makes you feel better or whatever it may be. And I think that means you'll be in your most authentic voice and then people just resonate with that. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. If you want a big following, you just have to stick with it. It's a labor of love. But if you're just doing it to put it out into the world and to feel better, then don't worry about what other people think. Don't worry about who's following you. It will happen. But for you, it's just, I guess, the sense of achievement that you've done it. Yeah, that you've you've set out to achieve the storytelling in the way that you, your intention really, like how exactly. you wanted to get it out there. Exactly. And, you know, if people are a little bit nervous about posting things socially, like I often tell people that want to be writers, just write, open a Word document. No one ever has to see it. Who knows what will come of it? You might end up writing a award-winning book, but just get, just get started somewhere privately until you are kind of happy enough or you're refined enough to put it out there. But not everyone has to see it. 
Yeah, exactly. You can kind of choose your audience and decide who gets to see that piece. Exactly. I've written many, many things that no one has ever seen and they're terrible, but it served a purpose for me. And it's just for you. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I think another piece of it is that sometimes individuals will struggle with worthiness and feeling like inadequacy. Like you, you had mentioned, you know, when you were starting your career and your journey, someone approached you and was like, perhaps you should write. And you Mm. went, oh, but I didn't go to school for that. And it's like, yeah, just kind of our mindset around what makes someone worthy of expression is really interesting to me. But I mean, everyone's worthy. I mean, look at uh, humans of New York. Like, I just think that those are the most incredibly told stories that would be otherwise untold. And I'm sure that all those people that are profiled feel like their story wasn't worthy or they didn't want to share it. But it's a a camera and a view into people's lives we would never see. Every single person has a story. And, of course, they don't have to share it if they don't want to. But if you do want to, it's worth telling. Everyone's got a unique story. And I think that that's what makes it so cool is that no two stories are the same and what you might think is pointless or mundane, other people might be fascinated by or inspired by. So I just think if you want to, you've got nothing to lose. No. And even if your story is somewhat similar, you've still got your unique perspective that you've like and you know what if it's similar that means someone else might be able to relate you know I wasn't the first person to go through IVF by any means I didn't struggle the hardest or the longest but still from there so many women related to me I heard their stories I felt comforted by them so it can be a community of like-minded people that you might find well I won't take up too much more of your time (laughs) but I did want to ask one final question Mm -hmm. if you were mentoring your younger self what would you tell her about stepping into her storytelling power Goodness, that's a hard one. I End with the doozy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'd tell her. I'm funny like this. I don't I don't have any desire to know what's in the future. I don't even think I want to tell her anything because everything she learnt and even mistakes she made, you know, was all part of the journey. So I don't think I'd give her any advice. I'd just say, go, girl, go and see what happens. How cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome, Lee. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate the chat. Thanks for having me. Chat soon. Honestly, so many pieces to take away from that discussion. Lee made me feel like I was talking to a girlfriend on a Friday night, and that is a dead giveaway of someone who's an excellent storyteller, in my opinion. And so as we move into today's workshop, I wanted to bring up the topic of confidence. We often think of confidence as like a trait of an extrovert or something that an introvert might be lacking. Someone that's ultra confident is ultra loud and bold. But this week I was reminded that this theory can be far from the truth. So there's something about someone who knows exactly who they are, what their story is and who they want to share that with. A quiet confidence is just as noteworthy as a loud confidence. Do not get that wrong. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I find that the loudest people in the room are often the least confident. So when I think of the most confident people in my life and in my mind, the ones that come through, they're always people who could effectively tell their own stories without needing the assistance of anyone else or any sort of reassurance. So they wouldn't miss a beat when you ask them, who are you? What do you value? What have you learned? What do you want to learn? What are your thoughts on X, Y, Z, etc.? They know them through and through. And there is a really grounded sense of confidence in that, you know, that you can embody into your day-to-day interactions. And I believe also as a culture in Australia, we 
almost downplay our achievements or we try to be as humble as we can be. And being humble is seen as like a very desirable trait, especially as a woman. But are we really doing more harm in not claiming ownership to our stories? So my challenge to you, my friends, I know I just dropped a bomb of information on you, but this one really is to go forth and confidently speak about who you are and what your story is and what you're feeling and express yourself regardless of whether or not you identify as an introvert or an extrovert. Because when someone asks you those questions, really, you're the person who knows the answer to that better than anyone. And you can give it in whichever way is going to best fit you. But make sure that you know the answers to those questions and that you're able to communicate those because it will serve you well in your job interviews, you know, in your businesses, in your interactions and your ability to create connections. And so that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Just You and I hope you guys have a great week.